Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Manscaped. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, today would have been the first day of fall camp for CU uh, if the Pac-12 hadn't decided to cancel its season about a week ago, two weeks ago. I don't even know. Again, time still just doesn't make sense at this point. It feels very recent, but it also kind of feels like we've known this for forever. Uh, Yeah, so... uh, I think that that's a quick window into where my mind's at. Uh, it's just kind of a, a, another one of the many tough days uh, as we kind of progress through this process of lo- losing the 2020 college football season, at least for a couple of conferences. Um, there are s- kind of some updates on what's going on across college football. We're going to talk about some of that kind of stuff, uh, what to expect from the SEC, the Big 12, the ACC, the three Power Five conferences who haven't uh, officially said that they aren't going to play this fall. Um, John Wilner, uh, who we've been talking about a lot on this podcast, uh, wrote uh, about how the Pac-12 could avoid losing some of the uh, TV money that they're likely to lose considering they're going to be playing the games this fall. I thought he made some interesting points. I have some of my own thoughts on it, and I think that's probably where we're going to start off after we talk more about Manscaped. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your body grooming game. They have forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit actually comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0, which is a waterproof, cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. This is the best trimmer on the market for those of you in need of a chest shave. This third-generation trimmer features skin-safe technology to reduce manscaping accidents. You can also adjust settings to get a length you like, and you can stay on top of it with almost no effort at all. Be sure to use their crop cleanser to keep your hair and skin feeling healthy and fresh. And inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because we know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day. You'll also find the Crop Reviver, a below-the-belt toner that's designed to give you a little pep in your step and help you smell great. So, subscribe to the Perfect Package and get a new blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months. For a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, a $39 additional value, and the patented high-performance Reduce chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. So head to manscaped.com, 
pick out something you like, and then use the code DNVR20 to get 20% off your purchase and free shipping. Uh, again, that's code DNVR20 at manscaped.com to get 20% off and free shipping. All right. Okay, so it's uh, it's Monday morning here, getting ready for the Nuggets game at 1130 and uh, I've heard that there's going to be a pretty special guest at the bar today, which I am very excited about. And I don't even think I'm supposed to say that. But since this podcast is going to go up like 20 minutes before the game starts, eh, what's what's the worst that could happen? Uh, so I'm excited about that. And then the abs play in the afternoon at like 3, I think, which just means that today is going to be the perfect day. Head over to the bar, watch the Nuggets win a playoff game. Have like, what, an hour, hour and a half to kill between games. Maybe head over to the gaming lounge at the DMVR bar, play some Madden, play some FIFA, and uh, kill an hour before the second game. So that's kind of how my day is shaping up, and then I'll probably have to do a whole bunch of work tonight because uh, I'm not getting through all that much this morning. But we are getting through this podcast, and there are a bunch of fairly important things to talk about. And I think um, the one I want to get to first is, like I was saying, the John Wilner story where he reached out to people in the TV industry and people with the conference to talk about really just what to expect from what's up with the TV deal. And this isn't something I'd spent too much time thinking about, um, but here's basically what John Wilner is saying. So... The Pac-12 has a TV deal in place with Fox and ESPN. So they get, uh, I, I think those are just Tier 1 games. Um, says 45 football games are scheduled for broadcast uh, on ESPN, ESPN2, and ABC, which is all owned by ESPN, plus on Fox and FS1, which is uh, owned by uh, Fox. So when you see... Uh, the deal is with ESPN and Fox. It's for those five networks and for those 45 games that were scheduled to play on those uh, channels. The Pac-12 was supposed to collect $276.4 million. That's a lot of money. That's kind of the, the bulk of where the money comes from for the Pac-12. So I think we've all just been assuming that the Pac-12 isn't going to get that money, which would make sense because they aren't going to give them games. You know, there's the push to get the spring season going, and we've talked a little bit about that. But unless that happens, it does seem unlikely that the Pac-12 is going to get that uh, $275 million, which is a lot of money. Here's what John Wilner said, though. He said, and it, I guess it's not just him, the sources he talked to, people who've helped negotiate these deals, um, you know, Patrick Crakes, former senior vice president for programming and content strategy at Fox Sports. He didn't actually negotiate that deal, but uh, he was with that side of the business and was like monitoring it for Fox Sports at the time. So he knows what he's talking about. And there are other very good sources in here. And one of the really key points, I mean, probably the reason this story was even written, is because it's worth remembering that these networks have a relationship with the conference. And uh, that might mean that even though, you know, I think what John Wilner says is, you know, it's, it's a business first, but there is also a relationship. And I think that that relationship, it might be... 
easier to reject it working out for the Big Ten uh, for a couple of reasons. And the first one is um, the Big Ten works a lot more closely with Fox than the Pac-12 works with either of these networks. Um, and that's because Fox runs the Big Ten network. And basically the Big Ten just contracts Fox to set up the studios, like do the or like hire the hosts, program everything, do all that kind of stuff. Whereas the Pac-12 manages the Pac-12 network all for itself. Um, it's it's all just essentially owned and run by the Pac-12. Whereas Fox has very significant say over that side of the business for the Big Ten. And you've seen that work out for the Big Ten as well. And this isn't really the point of this conversation, but I do think that it's easy to look at what's going on there and say, yeah, they have their, their channel is in more households. It gets more viewers. The product, a lot of people say, is a better one, um, but that is subjective. It's worth remembering that those two entities are tied to each other for a long time. So the Big Ten is broadcasting all of its Tier 3 games, which is like the, the bottom tier. So Tier 1 would be, uh, you know, for them at least, um, Michigan versus Ohio State. And, and they have, I think, I don't know if it's a third is Tier 1, a third is Tier 2, a third is Tier 3, but that's how all the college conferences break up their games. And so they'll sell the Tier 1 right somewhere else, Tier 2 somewhere, Tier 3. Um, well, so far, we've mostly seen them keep them for themselves, except that the Big Ten partnership is, or the Big Ten network is this partnership between the Big Ten and Fox. So the Big Ten has essentially said that, it is going to make the Big Ten Network the home of the Big Ten and broadcast those games and all that other stuff through the Big Ten Network, which again is an equal partnership with Fox through 2032. I, I believe it's 2032. Yeah, 2032. That's a long time to be tied up. Meanwhile, the Pac-12... They have their Tier 1 rights free in 2023 or 2024, and they have all of their other TV rights to themselves to sell whenever they want. They could go in and just build a network tomorrow if they wanted to. I don't think anybody's really trying to do that right now, but they could say, we're totally redoing the Pac-12 network. We're bringing in ESPN. Uh, ESPN, I think, runs the Big 12 network and the SEC network. Uh, definitely SEC, but I think the Big 12 thing is a new thing like a year or two ago. Um, and the Pac-12 totally could do that because they have that flexibility. Or they can hold off for three, four years like they probably will and then have the opportunity to sell all of those rights together um, in what could potentially be a huge deal for the Pac-12, especially if they do well football-wise in the next couple seasons. Um, so that's kind of what's going on with the Big Ten and with Fox, and that's kind of why I think that if the Big Ten is doing all this stuff with Fox, and they are so close, when it comes time for them to talk about what to do because the Big Ten isn't playing these football games that were supposed to air on Fox, and Fox was supposed to pay them this much money to be able to air those games, Fox and John Wilner and John Wilner's sources agree would likely say, hey, we get tough times. We sign this deal. 
we're definitely going to not pay you what we said we're going to pay you. But I think we can come to some sort of agreement here. And because these relationships are so important, because there are so few so few broadcasters out there who are trying to purchase the rights to college football games. I mean, it's basically Fox, it's ESPN, and CBS. And I think that that's actually it. Those companies, they want to generally stay in college football and you do that by keeping these relationships fox and espn are tied to the pac-12 for four more years they're going to be spending a lot of time talking to each other over the next four years you know because every week it's which games are going where and i guess they do that like two weeks in advance now but but they have to plan which games are going where and who is doing this you know they spend so much time together that that relationship could turn kind of toxic especially if you see a situation where you know it's fox is willing to do this espn isn't willing to help the pac-12 out and then the pac-12 might be able to find some way to make their deal with fox more beneficial for fox just to get back at espn and the way it usually works is there's like a draft and i'm trying to remember i think ESPN gets the first pick of the Pac-12 games and then Fox gets the second pick and they like alternate and I think ESPN gets like two games and one goes to Fox and then the rest go to the Pac-12 network something like that but there may be some ways that the Pac-12 could work that plus they're about to start these negotiations in a year or two and if Fox and ESPN come to the table and say hey look what we did when you guys needed some help, we cut a deal with you. We may not be offering $300 million, $350 million a year like whoever's flying in, like Amazon starts trying to buy these rights. Or I guess before we like go into the crazy stuff, we could just say like CBS tries to come in and buy these Pac-12 rights. ESPN could say, hey, we're offering you $25 million less per year. That's $2 million per school. But look at what we went through together. And, and look, you can trust us. And so you should come back because we have this good working relationship and, you know, this is a very nuanced situation. You know, I, I, uh, I'd be curious to sit down in these meetings and hear what exactly is said. You know, Rick George is probably in that room. Larry Scott's in that room. What are they pushing for? And and how contentious are the negotiations with ESPN and with Fox at this point? Or have they even started? Or is this something that you're going to figure out a week or two weeks or a month from now? I'm just not sure. But uh, that's what's going on. And I think that it really is some interesting stuff worth following. Um, and, and honestly, worth following for the next few years because... This is kind of the beginning of this window for negotiating. You know, I, I don't think the real negotiations start for probably, honestly, two more years. I think that the fall of 2022 would make a lot of sense, maybe a little before then. Um, but this stuff plays into it because we are getting that close. Um, and when that happens, I really hope that Pac-12 buys into its identity you know being the west coast you know having stanford and cal up in uh like northern california or wherever you call it bay area near silicon valley near all this tech stuff you know being this conference that is the the 
good schools and tech type stuff. And, and you could really buy into that brand because we've already heard that Apple last summer was really considering offering a lot of money to get a deal done with the Pac-12. And I think that as crazy as that sounds, look at what the Pac-12 is doing right now and tell me you don't think it could do better. You know, I don't know exactly what a deal with a tech company would look like if it's Apple or Amazon. You know, Apple just has the cash and that makes it seem like such an easy fit, especially, you know, being like the true tech company out of uh, Silicon Valley, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, right now the Pac-12 network is being run the way it's being run and uh it's not perfect, and I don't think anybody would tell you it is perfect. I think that pretty quickly the conversation around the Pac-12 network turns into a conversation about the resources they have and that sort of thing, um, you know, kind of trying to justify what's going on there instead of trying to say, hey, this really is a great college conference TV network. I think that if you give it to Apple and say, okay, Apple TV Plus right now is 5 bucks a month, if you told the random Pac-12 fan in Colorado where it's really hard to get the Pac-12 that you could get all six Pac-12 network channels for $5 a month and you could watch it on your computer, you could watch it on, you know, obviously Apple TV, um, you could watch it on your Xbox, you could watch it wherever you want. They'd just be willing to pull the trigger. I know I would because right now I have Sling and... I, I love that I get access to all six Pac-12 networks. You know, the, the Mountain, the Bay Area, Washington, Arizona, uh, Los Angeles, I think. Did I name all of them? Something like that. Oh, Oregon. There's the other. But I really like having access to all those because it means that I get to watch everything. Like, on one of those channels, there's always something that I want to see. And so, like, I guess I didn't do it this morning while I'm recording the podcast, but a lot of the time I have, like, this TV set up right here next to... Uh, all my recording equipment. And so I'll just throw on whatever's on Pac-12 Network because I watch Pac-12 sports a lot. It is really convenient. But if you said that instead of paying what I pay for Sling, I could pay $5 a month and then just use the money I spend on Sling on a cable package so I could watch the Rockies and the Avalanche, that would be a lot more appealing to me at this point. And... Um, that's just kind of where I'm at. And again, that's only one of the routes that Apple could take if it did buy it is the, uh, you know, whatever you would call that. The like combining it with Apple TV route or Apple TV plus, I guess, is like the video service, which is kind of confusing. You'd think you'd have the Apple TV product and then rename whatever else. But I don't know. Amazon, same thing. Prime members just get it. I, I don't know. It's so so open-ended but you would see a company that could throw a lot of resources at this product you know they could they could afford to probably get nicer studios not that you know the pactful studios are bad but because that is the type of thing that these big tech companies can afford to do um see how they go about you know producing broadcasts do they bring in like a whole bunch of big names because they can afford to? Do they take sports broadcasting a totally different route? But you know what the Pac-12 really wants is 
for as many entities as possible to be interested in the Pac-12 um, when the time comes in 2023 or 2024 when it is time to come up with the new TV contracts and what should be an opportunity for the Pac-12 to gain ground financially on the SEC and the Big Ten and everybody else. Um, any other thoughts here? I don't think so, but I do think that having all of those rights is what does bring in some of the less traditional uh, options to the table, you know, being able to say, okay, Apple, you can buy everything we have, everything we have and do what you want with it. We're not going to say you take the top games. And even if they did, I think that you'd still see a deal where like CBS gets to broadcast um, the games of the week, wh whatever it is, just because you do have to appeal to the traditional medium of watching football, which is just through cable on TV. It, it the cord cutters aren't widespread enough yet to totally ignore people who still have TV service. Even though, you know what? People who have TV service still pay for Netflix. You know, Netflix could totally jump into this Pac-12 thing too. I mean, that's basically the same thing as Apple TV+. Plus. It's just that Apple has so much money right now. But Netflix could totally see the same thing. And I just don't know what that would look like. But... What I do know is that if they're in there making offers and trying to pitch new innovative things, it's going to put pressure on Fox and ESPN to uh, up the ante a little bit. And that may even start with this current situation where Fox and ESPN may see this 2023-2022-ish negotiating window opening here pretty quickly and wanting to throw some money at the Pac-12 just to make everybody happy i don't know uh but it's interesting that john wilner wrote all that it's not something i'd spend a lot of time thinking about but uh we're going to be paying attention as this stuff moves along just like we're going to move along to talk about the good friends over at breckenridge brewery we love breckenridge brewery all their beers are very good um let's see I think I'll probably be drinking Strawberry Skies today. Uh, I was drinking the Avalanche in the last game because the Avalanche were playing, but the Avalanche lost that game. So I feel like I need to change something up. Uh, the, the two games that the Avs won, I was at the DMVR bar drinking Strawberry Skies. And so I think Strawberry Skies is probably the move. Um, if you guys want to try Strawberry Sky, you can come down to the DMVR bar. Uh, I did see a couple of you at the bar. When was that i guess usually there's a couple of you there and uh if you ever are at the dmvr bar and i'm there which i probably am uh come say hi I, we all try to like do the rounds and like talk to everybody while wearing masks and staying away from them but because we have to wear masks and stay away from people it makes it kind of hard to uh talk to everybody so definitely feel free to come say hi uh because that's always fun i like to talk about the buffs and there aren't always a lot of people who want to talk about the buffs with me. But, um, okay. Uh, Breckenridge Brewery is incredible. You can use the beer locator on the Breckenridge Brewery website to figure out where exactly you can go to try whatever beer it is that you want to try. Um, I, I recommend the Strawberry Sky. So check that out. Uh, also, DraftKings. 
Sure, the regular season is fun and all, but only one thing can compare to the excitement of basketball's playoffs, and that is having skin in the day, get, skin in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Basketball has made its way through the regular season, and now it's time to crown a champion. And DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you in the center of the action. To celebrate basketball's first round of the playoffs, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you an amazing free bet offer for every day that you bet at least $20 on basketball, DraftKings Sportsbook will give you a $10 free bet. Head to the app right now and check out all that they have to offer, including player props, quarter-by-quarter betting, and so much more. Plus, don't forget about hockey's playoffs. DraftKings Sportsbook is offering great odds and promotions all week long to help you make it rain. DraftKings Sportsbook is a safe, secure, and reliable betting app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DMVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get... Oh, wait, no. All users can get a $10 free bet when placing a bet of $20 or more on all first-round playoff action. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out by offering a $10 free bet when placing a bet of $20 on all first-round playoff action. Again, that's promo code DMVR. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms and conditions and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Uh, changing gears here a little bit. Um, I want to talk about this Justin Fields petition. And I think that I've mostly kind of shared my thoughts on this type of thing. Um, but I'll reiterate those again today because it's my podcast and I get to do that. Uh, here's what went down. So Justin Fields, the second best quarterback in America, the likely number two overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft, uh, the quarterback of the Ohio State Buckeyes. He started a petition that basically said, we want to play football and everybody wants us to play football. And it's a petition for the Big Ten to change their mind and play football this fall. And uh, within the first four hours, this was yesterday, he had 121,000 signatures. I'm not sure what that number's at now, but I would guess it's a lot higher and still... Uh, Still moving. Uh, you know, again, just to reiterate what I said last time we kind of talked about this thing where, yes, the players should have a say in whether they play. But at the same time, we have to remember, like, how everything is working during this pandemic. And we just have to remember, like, the very most basic conversations that had to be had at the beginning of the pandemic when people who like most of us had never been through a pandemic before just I mean it's it's none of this information is really surprising but you do have to hear it and just let it sink in and that is essentially this when you go out during a pandemic you're not just risking yourself you're risking all sorts of other different people everybody you come in contact with everybody who uh the people you coming to contact with come into contact with and so on and so on and just it keeps going um and the way you stop a pandemic 
is to stop those interactions, to stop people from being in situations where the, the virus or whatever it is, in this case a virus, could be passed around. That way it'll just go through whoever has it and then die because there's nowhere for it to go. We haven't done a great job of that in general because the virus is still like going around and stuff. But even though the players are putting themselves at risk when they step onto the football field and when they go to practice and when they spend the time in the locker room and when they get on planes to fly to their games and when somebody delivers the food to the hotel or however they go about doing that during a pandemic, you know, all these different things. Those are all not just risk factors for college football players, but everybody else who they come into contact with. So take Justin Fields, for example. You know, he still goes to school. If he goes out there, he gets, you know, sacked by three different guys. He's in real close to everybody on his team in the huddle. Um, He's coming into contact with everybody he comes into contact with over the course of a road trip. Um, And then he goes and sits in a classroom. And, you know, even in the classroom, you hopefully have everybody six feet apart and everybody wearing masks and all that kind of stuff. But even if he just gets one person sick, that one person could be one of the people who, like most people in college, are going to parties and everybody at the party gets it. And then people bring it to the grocery store, to the post office or to the wherever people go. I don't even know where normal people go anymore. DMVR bar, except that we are socially distanced. Um, but, you know, and, and that is like the the conversation we've been having since the start of this where it's people saying, okay, everybody needs to stay inside. Then somebody says, no, you can't make me stay inside because this is America. I can do what I want. And it's like, I mean, I guess technically, but really you should just stay inside because even though you are putting yourself at risk and I wish you wouldn't do that because I care about you, I'm mostly interested in all the other people who could get sick if, you know, the virus touches you and then you touch whoever else and that just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes and you know that's the uh conversation again here because i don't really think that that conversation has translated from society into college football as seamlessly as it probably should have you know i'm kind of surprised that i'm not seeing people with this take all over the internet like it's i get it justin fields to you it is worth it because if you get sick, you're probably going to be fine. But don't forget what is going to happen if you get to somebody else and then they get it. Because I, I don't know what the R not is at this point. I remember like early on in the pandemic, the the average person who was infected infected like 1.4 others, and you know for the disease to be spreading in a like I don't even know what you call it. I guess just spreading in general, that number has to be plus one. And so since this was, or or it has to be like one or more people are get, or it has to be more than one person is infected for each person who gets it. That's how it like multiplies instead of shrinking. Um, and since this was over, whereas like a lot of diseases aren't, it becomes dangerous. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I'm kind of sick of this conversation. I, I did it to myself bringing it up, but there are some thoughts there. Um, let's jump into some liability stuff because that's another big topic, especially when it comes to this particular conversation. If you just take like a slight left turn from the petition saying we want to play, you get to the liability waivers. And, uh, you know, uh, one interesting thing I've noticed is that that number for the 
myocarditis uh, is slowly increasing. You know, when we first talked about it, um, it was there are 10 student athletes across college sports who do have the myocarditis as a result of the coronavirus. Um, and that went up to 12. And today, I'm trying to remember where I read it. It might have been John Wilner again. It was John Wilner, Bruce Feldman, or Pete Thamel, or one of those guys. They said that there were now 15 uh, college football players who have been identified as having that myocarditis, which is a very serious and dangerous disease. And it's it's one that... Now that we're monitoring for it, or at least we know it's a possibility, um, it, it, it is safer because it isn't just coming out of nowhere, but it still isn't um, good by, by any means. Oh, and it, it was Dennis Dodd from CBS. So one of like the blue blood reporters in college football, um, but not one of the ones I named. So... He had some interesting uh, information, this story for CBS, Dennis Dodd did, um, as he usually does. A um, couple of notes. Myocarditis has been studied and treated since the 1800s. Viral infection that causes inflammation of the heart and later scarring of the heart. Um, so here's an interesting note. So of all the cardiac-related deaths among college athletes myocarditis has been the cause of about 9% of them. So like one in every 11 times the student athlete has died of like, you know, the their heart just stopping on a practice field or wherever, it's been because of myocarditis. And that was before COVID-19 made it more likely to have that. Um, CBS Sports, oh no, this, so he, this is from the story. CBS Sports reported last week that at least 15 Big Ten players had been diagnosed with myocarditis. So I misread that earlier. So that really is growing. And, and uh, that condition factored heavily into the decision-making of each Power 5 conference. Um, let's see, is there anything else? Oh, they brought in uh, a guy who uh, is associated with the uh, conference. And I, th I think he might be a doctor for the conf conference. I screenshotted the story this morning. So, so my morning routine is now like just Google college football and uh, read like everything that you can read and screenshot the important parts. And I guess I didn't think that what exactly this guy does is an important part, but there were some notes. So let's just read this part of the story. Uh, six years ago, Mars was running 30 miles a week with a resting heart rate of 60, a chest cold lingered, a stress test revealed an arrhythmia. In the process of explaining to Mars that he had contracted myocarditis, doctors explained that he was subject to an SDE, a sudden death event, I may live to be 100, Mars said. I may drop dead on this phone call. A different doctor who recently reviewed Mars' EKG thought the attorney had just suffered a heart attack. That was the lingering evidence of Mars's 2014 myocarditis. This is mentioned because the seriousness of the affliction was enough for the Big Ten and Pac-12 to postpone their seasons. The ACC, Big 12, and SEC choose to, or chose to plow through. Um, and uh, that's where my screenshot cuts off. So that's where I'm going to stop reading. But that is interesting because um, I never really thought about the process or heard about the process, I guess, where it really is, you know, it's the viral infection, you fight the infection, and then there's scarring in the heart. The scarring in the heart can cause permanent arrhythmia. And then uh, to, um, somebody's trying to schedule golf 
for September 11th right now on August 17th. And there's no way in hell that I can commit to anything a month in advance. Deal with that. <laughs> Deal with that later. See, that, that was just like one of those moments, though, for me where it's like September 11th. Huh. I have no idea what is going to be going on with my life on September 11th. Um, I think there's football the next day. I think there's... Do the Broncos play a first game September 12th? Maybe September 5th? Or maybe that's the first week because they start on Monday. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Back to, <laughs> back to this. Um, so, yeah, for, for the myocarditis to progress the way that it progressed, where it is the infection, um, and then you have that permanent arrhythmia, and as the guy said, like, I may live to be 100. I may drop down this phone call. Like, heart stuff is nothing to mess with. And they found 15 football players in the Big Ten that have the uh, myocarditis. That's a big number. Um, and when it comes to liability, you know, the, the, the conferences are making players sign waivers. Even with the waivers, at the very least, there's going to be long, drawn-out legal battles if anything happens um and you know whether that's i don't i don't even want to talk about but you know it 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 is very serious what is going on um and there again we're back to this point where there is no right answer you know can you play college football safely i don't know the Big Ten thinks that it can test three, or no, the Big Twelve thinks that it can test three times a week, and that will make them safe. I think there's a good chance that that'll keep them safe. But can you really test three times a week? Because that is a, an expense, and I'm not sure what that number's at. If it's still about a hundred bucks a test right now per person, or if uh, you know there was the big step forward with the saliva test this week. Um, that the NBA helped fund because they're helping fund research because it helps with them. One of the, I don't know, a good thing coming out of capitalism. You'll love to see it. Uh, oh, let's just end this here. Let's just end this here. The liability stuff is going to be a mess if anything does happen. Um, and everything else is going to be a mess even if nothing that bad does happen. Uh, so there's your update on all of that. Uh I think that's going to do it for today, but before we get out of here, I should tell you guys how much I love World Golf Tour. WGT Golf is not only the most popular golf game in the world, it's also the official gaming partner of DNVR. It has become so popular, we have opened a third DNVR clubhouse. Each clubhouse holds 250 people. So, if you don't want to feel left out anymore, you can download WGT and join the DNVR 3 clubhouse by going to dnvrgolf.com. WGT Golf is the most realistic free golf game loved by more than 20 million players around the world. Play WGT Golf from the comfort of your couch or anywhere on the go. Talk about the most memorable recent course, match, or shot played by one of the... So I misread that. Uh, okay, I can talk about the most memorable recent course match or shot. Ooh, uh, there was one fun night. Actually, now I think about it, I might have said this, where uh, there were sports on, and so we're all at the DMVR bar. We're up at the top in our little bubble up there um, because everything's packed down below. And we realized that it was a Sunday, and so we should probably all get our round in because we've forgotten. It was me, it was RK, and it was D-Line or Eric Weedham, depending on whether you know him on the internet or in real life. Uh, we put a beer on it 
and I got blown out of the water. It was like a nine-hole tournament that week. We do tournaments every week, and uh, I think RK tied, or no, he finished one shot ahead of Eric. He was a one over. Eric was two over. I think I was nine over, and uh, I was honestly the most proud of my score, which is kind of crazy, but also shows how uh, different skill leveled we are as WGT players. And they were nice enough to not want any beer at that point. Eric wanted a Coke and RK just wants some ice because he's kind of a weird dude. And so I went and got those two things and it was a happy ending to a story where I should have been out like 10 bucks or whatever for buying a couple beers. So that was a fun night and you guys should play with us because we're always having fun playing WGT. You can compete head to head with players from around the world or DMVR community members. It's so much fun. There are tournaments every weekend and they're really competitive and we talk a lot of crap and it's fun. You can play Beth Page, Black, Pebble Beach. You've heard me talk about all these before. Um, you can play with golf equipment from Titleist, Callaway, Ping, TaylorMade, and more. So make sure you go to dmvrgolf.com and download WGT Golf today. All right, that's going to do it. I'll be back here tomorrow with another podcast and maybe an announcement too, I'm thinking. Um, not a bad announcement, a good announcement. But uh, we'll see about that. I'll leave you on your toes there. I'll leave you on your... Wait, is that what that is that? And the, I'll let's just say edge of your seat. Leave you on the edge of the seat about the announcement. Edge of the seat about uh, who the special guest at the DMVR bar is going to be today. I'm pretty excited. I just found out that he's swinging by. So yeah, never mind. Uh, let's get out of here. I'll see you tomorrow. I think they like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holland get a bus with my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. Might not sway, I think they like my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway is pushing one. And see you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And boaters where we station, patiently awaiting. Oh. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd, do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh -huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hey. Hey. You on your own now, why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. Yeah. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it.
mess them up, we say we got them. If we don't, then we'll get them. When we see them, then we act like my Colorado swag. Cause when I'm in that play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in that go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly, get a bus with my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. Man, I swear, I think they like my